Volcanoes, earthquakes, glaciers, and tsunamis, all a part of Alaska's geology. The truth and history about Mother Nature's natural hazards explained on The Fault in the Facts with Michaela Clark. Welcome to The Fault in the Facts. I'm Michaela Clark. Here, we talk about the truth and history of Mother Nature and explain her natural hazards. Today, I'd like to focus on the tallest tsunami ever recorded in the world. It happened in 1958 in Latuya Bay, Alaska. It's about 100 miles from Yakutat. The earthquake and resulting tsunami killed five people, but four people in the bay survived. Through obituaries, family members, and friends, I've been able to confirm that most, if not all, of the survivors have now passed on. And since those who witnessed the tsunami are no longer able to tell their tale, we speak with a loved one who brings his family member's experience back to life with the help of words a survivor spoke about his memories before he died. But first, I spoke with an expert who explains the history behind the infamous wave. You're an earthquake geologist with the Alaska Division of Geological and Geophysical Surveys. What makes you an expert in Latuya Bay? Yeah, so as an earthquake geologist, we're, we're interested in prehistoric earthquakes, the processes that cause earthquakes, and then the primary and secondary effects. So the primary effects being strong shaking, the secondary effects being things like slope failures and tsunami generation. So as an earthquake geologist in Alaska, uh, given that we have so many earthquake producing faults in coastal areas, uh, in addition to unstable slopes, um, the tile earthquake geology really encompasses earthquakes, landslides, and potential tsunami generation. This event from more than 60 years ago still holds the title for the world's largest tsunami. Tell me what led to such a large event. There was uh, a significant earthquake, magnitude 7.7 .7 or 7.8 on the Fairweather Fault, which is a major strike slip fault uh, along the coast of southeast Alaska. Uh, that earthquake triggered a massive landslide, so 40 million cubic yards of material, uh, more or less as a coherent block fell about a thousand feet into Latuya Bay. And when that rock hit the water, not only did the rock hit the water, but it took some air with it. And that caused a massive wave that ran up the nearby shore about 1,720 feet. Uh, so a mix of the earthquake triggering a landslide um, and the water conditions there being just right created that gigantic wave. That wave was so massive, and I'm here in downtown Anchorage to give you a perspective on its height. This building behind me is the ConocoPhillips building. It stands at 296 feet and is the tallest building in Anchorage. The tsunami in Latuya Bay reached 1,720 feet. That's almost six ConocoPhillips buildings. Latuya Bay is in southeast Alaska. It's a T-shaped bay with a narrow opening. If you entered the bay before the 1958 tsunami, you could see many lines of different age trees that show a glimpse at past waves impacts to the land. As you continue through the waters toward the back of the bay, there's glaciers to your right and to your left in either sides of the points of the T. Under those glaciers is the Fairweather Fault, a powerful fracture in the earth that produced the large quake that sent millions of cubic yards of land from the far wall into the deep water of Latuya Bay. The cliff that that 1700 foot wave 
washed up on was just directly across the water. So it was extremely close. And that's why we got such big splashing runoffs. USGS geologist Don Miller is one of the main scientists who researched the event. He visited the bay within hours of the destruction. The journal of notes he took that day had one haunting line. In Latuya Bay, the destruction is unbelievable. Salisbury says the tsunami is a pinpoint extreme that made its biggest impact inside the bay. What we do know is that that rock fell over a thousand yards or so into the water. And so we can model it most readily, uh, almost like an asteroid event because it was a single block of rock that fell into the water. And that caused a lot of cascading effects. Among the survivors were Howard Ulrich and his eight-year-old boy, Sonny. Howard did interviews with BBC and National Geographic about that deadly day before he passed in 2014. We've used his words from those interviews, but another reporter's voice to help us relive the day. The date was July the 9th, 1958. We came into Latulia Bay around eight o'clock in the evening. That's my brother and my father. Howard's son and Sonny's brother, Bruce, is helping bring their story back to life. My brother was only eight. We went into our favorite anchoring spot and dropped our anchor and made supper. And finally, about nine o'clock, we went to our bunks. And that's when the magnitude 7.8 quake hit, nearly 45 miles away. There was a slight pause. I thought that everything was over, but some movement up there caught my attention out of the corner of my eye. And so I looked directly up there, and what I observed was a, like an atomic explosion. Of this big splash came a huge wave. It looked just like a big wall of water. In the same interview, Sonny says his dad threw him a life preserver and told him to start praying. Just coal black and full of logs, just straight up and down. It was actually a pretty horrifying looking sight. I just thought, you know, this, this, is, this is how it ends. No, no way you're gonna get out of this. He charged into the wave with the boat because his anchor was hung up on the bottom. Started pulling all the anchor chain out, and when it got to the end of the chain, it just, I thought it was gonna pull the bow of the boat under, but it snapped the chain just like it wasn't even there. He got the boat over the top of the wave, and you, know, you can get washed up on shore. Did his job. I looked down over the stern of the boat, and we were looking down at the trees, and I figured that's where we're gonna end up. And he was just trying to do whatever he could to keep the boat pointed into the wave. I had never heard or seen anything like this. It was unbelievable. I couldn't imagine what could have caused any anything. I just kept wondering what mechanism could cause something like that. Even with the force of the world's largest recorded tsunami, Howard navigated the boat through the water that was sloshing on all sides of the bay. Once he had established that he was safe, he was trying to look for those other boats in the bay, and he had to run around all those backwash spouts that were slapping up 20, 30 feet or something in the air. And, uh, and then, there, of course, there started to be a line of trees and logs that were beginning to form up like a big raft, and they were kind of forcing him out of the bay. 
It was later learned that one of the other boats, the Sunmore, was swamped near the bay's entrance. It went down with Orville and Mickey Wagner on board. They were never found. Mr. and Mrs. William Swanson, who were aboard the Badger, survived. My father knew them, of course. They were all fishermen. Three others were killed that night. They were on an island closer to Yakutat. No one knows for sure what happened, but a UAF Geophysical Institute article says Gene Walton and Mr. and Mrs. Robert Tibbles were last seen on Kontok Island shores. The ground is thought to have collapsed beneath them. There were no witnesses, but minutes later, some saw the area that was land moments ago, now covered by water. The Tibbles boat was later found submerged near where they were last seen. While Bill Swanson miraculously survived this deadly tsunami in Latuya Bay, the place that almost took his life is where he would die nearly four years later. His obituary in Alaska Sportsman shows he died of a heart attack on his boat near the entrance of Latuya Bay. Ketchikan Sit News says it's the first time he had been back to the bay. Alaska's coastlines are hazardous, and if you enjoy them, which we all do, then you do put yourself at a, a calculated risk. And so it's important to be prepared, know the, the natural warning signs of earthquakes, landslides, and tsunamis, and uh, to be prepared for the worst. Because as you pointed out, we have seen the worst in Alaska before. 1958 wasn't the first time a large wave was created in Lutuya Bay. It's happened multiple times before. They were not as large as the 1958 tsunami. Scientists think there were four other instances, stretching from the mid-1800s to mid-1900s. Eyewitness accounts and evidence from the grounds around Lutuya Bay indicate there were disastrous large waves in 1853 or 1854, 1874, 1899, and 1936. Most of the evidence associated with them, like scars on the banks and uh, cut trees, you know, when, when folks arrived, they saw that there were different zones of tree heights. And so the most recently cleared areas had the shortest trees. But in 1958, most of that evidence was obliterated because it was larger. Multiple devastating waves in about a century. That's a lot. Salisbury says there are absolutely concerns that another destructive wave will come from Latuya Bay. But scientists say the probability of repeating the event is relatively low. The earthquakes in that part of the world will continue to happen. The likelihood for more large waves is almost inevitable. Salisbury says the Fairweather Fault under Latuya Bay's glaciers moves extremely fast. The combination of the, the geologic factors, including Fairweather Fault, um, as well as the potential for major rainstorms to trigger landslides, combined with deep fjordland water, the deepest water in Latuya Bay is about 700 feet. Uh, all those combined uh, make the chances of another tsunami very likely. He says coastal Alaska's steep slopes and glaciated terrain can be very dangerous. Understanding that maybe staying away completely is not possible, um, I would tell folks to be aware of the natural warning signs 
of large earthquakes and or landslides. If you want to learn more about tsunamis in general or how to be prepared for one, check out the Fault in the Facts episode titled, Do Tsunamis Look Like They Do on TV? But this show is called The Fault in the Facts and I'd like to end with a fact about a fault. Salisbury explained that the Fairweather Fault that runs beneath the glaciers in Latuya Bay is a type of fault that moves side to side instead of apart or together. It is a major strike-slip fault that moves about 50 millimeters per year. And that's a little faster than the San Andreas, whose average slip rate is about 33 or 34 millimeters per year. So this is one of the fastest coastal strikes that falls in the world. Um, and it is what produced the magnitude 7.7 or 7.8 earthquake that triggered that rock fall. Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Fault in the Facts. It's a monthly segment right here on Alaska's news source, Digital Platforms. If you have any questions or misconceptions about Mother Nature that you want answered, send us an email at streamingnews at ktu.com.